Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we got a really special guest. Uh, he was the host of Let's Talk Deer, Whitetail Hunt Rendezvous, and Hutch on Hunting, Bruce Hutchins. Bruce, thanks so much for coming on again. Always good to see you. Hey, Chris, it's always good to be with a New Yorker, as you know. I <laughs> started out in Massapequa, Long Island, New York, not really far from where you are you're, you're not a new yorker who are you kidding you've been out Come of here on. so long you're a colorado person <laughs> now <laughs> hey i went to high school in massapequa long island new york and worked at jones beach so i'm yeah. a new yorker <laughs> <laughs> so you you've been podcasting you've been around the industry for so long tell us what's going on with hutch on hunting these days well, Hutch on Hunting is a is a brainchild of my wife, actually, because I wrote uh, a lot of big game uh, profiles for a research company, and and guys would see me on the forums, and they'd say, hey, Bruce, can I talk to you for 15, 20 minutes about Unit 49, which is one of my favorite units to archery elk hunt? And I'd say, sure, you know, because you only – draw a tag about four or five years anyway and so i I'd, I'd sit there and i'd get on i'd get on onyx or i'd get on google earth and and i go look at my notes and blah 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 and all of a sudden my wife looks at me after i spend an hour and 20 minutes an hour and a half with a guy or a gal <laughs> and she said bruce why are you giving away your intellectual property i said because i enjoy it i mean i'm good at it I've got boots on the ground. I've been in Colorado since 1985. 
I've written a couple articles here and there, and I I know the ground. Now, to just put a pregnant pause there, things have changed since I started hunting in Colorado, specifically archery hunting, since 1985. Case yeah. in point, unit two, I would get a archery tag almost every other year or for sure every three years and i had a farm or ranch to hunt on i did all the things you should do i went and gathered rate became a friend to those farmers an extra hand if you will during the summer and so during the fall i'd have horses i'd have jeeps there were no lock gates and i had I basically the run of unit two and that's all changed today. I believe a unit two archery tag takes 23 points. Wow. All right. And so has things changed in the West? Yes. But that's why Hutch and hunting was birthed because since I've been here, I've traveled, I've been in, Involved with the state on Sportsman Advisory Council, Sportsman Roundtable for the governor, blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah all the time. You know, I've been involved on the state level. A good friend of mine was a commissioner. Good friend of mine was the director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So I've got some credibility, Chris. Well, you've been in Colorado roughly 40 years. Yeah. And and I've Hiking killed in the back country, hunting elk, hunting deer. You, you've had boots on the ground. You're in there. And I just got back from the taxidermist. I had a European mount of my mountain goat that I shot at 12,000 feet uh, last fall. Uh, one shot, I headshot him because unfortunately today, and folks, I want you to really pay attention to this. Colorado is multiple use so especially mountain goat the places where mountain goats live is high use by hikers by photographers Mm -hmm. just by a lot of other people and they they have every right to be there don't hear me saying that they don't it's their home (laughs) but you have to be strategic on how you get your goat we spotted the goat about he was about thirteen thousand hanging up on on uh, just hanging hanging up there, but if we knew he was gonna come down the feed and come to water, and so we stayed there all afternoon, waited he come down, and unfortunately I couldn't take him at three hundred yards because I would have had to shoot across an uphill and there were some hikers there. No shot. So I had to wait till he got below me. I was above him and it was very steep, steep angle. And I just one shot and he was down and that was it. And I want to bring this up. So I had this one lady, we got it on the ground. This one lady came up, man, I'm from Iowa. This is just like us hunting whitetails. And this is the greatest thing. This is the Colorado experience. It could have been more positive. She said, can me and my sons help you move? move the animal and stuff i said we got it we got it but i appreciate it then while we're taking care of the animal breaking it down um packing it up 
this guy came and just harangued me for being a blank, blank, blank Hunter. murderer. Oh, sure. Sure. Right in my face. Because I walked up to him. I saw all the cameras. My buddy was taken care of. I said, sir, you know, would you, you want to take some pictures of, of hunting experience here in Colorado? I went blank, 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 blank. I mean, he was like, he was steaming. And I said, sir, here's my license. I'm a disabled veteran. I actually have a right in Colorado because of my my situation. I can hunt legally out of my car. Well, in this place, it didn't avail it to it. So I had to climb about a mile and a half to get up to 12,000 feet. Mm-hmm. But he was just haranguing me. And I said, sir, thank you so much for your comments. And I just turned my back on him and, and walked away. But folks, in high use areas, be prepared for that. And if you can't keep your stuff together, don't hunt there. Well, did this gentleman realize that you were actually doing him a favor? Because no. this goat was eating his food? No, it, it just completely, <laughs> no, it completely clueless. You're not going to change their mind, Bruce. No. You're not going to change their mind. No, you're not. And there's so many tags. I had an easy either sex tag, which I wanted, just because I know there's there's villies in there and there's nannies in there. I knew they were there. So it's an quote unquote, if a mountain goat hunt can be easy, this is easy. I would submit to you, I don't know how many disabled people or people could climb to 12,000 feet. And mind you, you're not a young man. No, I'm 77 years old with two <laughs> with two hips, and I, I'm deafer than a doornail. And, you know, two total hip replacements and, and three back surgeries. And I carried the front shoulders, the head, the cape, and, and um, everything else, all the other parts off off the mountain my buddy carried the hindquarters off the mountain so that was a mile and a half downhill and folks if you ever come out heavy in the mountains you'd rather go uphill than downhill because gravity is not kind well let's let's take a step back and you know just realize that a goat hunt is one of the most physically demanding hunts you're going to go on ever yeah, because they live in nasty stuff. Um, my other go hunt was up in British Columbia, and that was that was a tough hunt. I got them, but we had to recapture them going down a chute. I had to free climb down a chute. We didn't have ropes, and I had to free climb down a rope down a chute. I was, of course, much younger than then. Sure, sure. Hey, you know what? We got to get them while we can. Yes, we can. Because time is not on our side. No. And so that's, that's my little, that's my little, you know, thoughts, you know, tips from Hutch about go hunting in Colorado. Pick your spot and make sure you understand what you could be up against. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, you just got back from a fishing trip, too. 
They, we, <laughs> that's a lot easier than hunting mountain goats. <laughs> yeah, the weather wasn't exactly cooperative while you were there, though. We had a hurricane shut down the port of uh, San Diego for two days. The first two days of our trip, we couldn't go out. And I'll just say this. The locum media hyped that storm up to be the storm of all storms. And it wasn't even a heavy rainstorm. Yeah, it rained. Yeah, the wind blew. That's all it did. Yeah. And they shut down the port. But in three and a half days, we filled the boat with limits of bluefin tuna. And as we said, we had carnage. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great trip. Very successful. Oh, it was wonderful. And you have bluefin on the East Coast, but ours are... You know, um, my friend uh, caught the jackpot fish. It was a buck 48, and she weighs 110 pounds. <laughs> she knows how to fish, folks. Yeah, we need to, uh, for bluefin uh, tuna, we leave out of Montauk, and it's like a three, four-hour boat trip out to the canyon. Uh, and it's it's not a day. It's You're not there in a day. It's an overnight trip. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know. It's it's an excursion. Yeah, and, and it's so much fun. And I got another eight-day coming up uh, down the Baja Coast. And yes, folks, I've earned my fun. I've earned the opportunities to go on adventures. And, you know, like my whitetail uh, hunt coming up uh, is in the land of the giants in Buffalo County, number one, uh, Boone and Crockett County in in the country and i'll be hunting there three days during gun season but with my crossbow and this guy's closest farm i think it's five years to rifle hunt so it's archery only okay and uh yeah how we'll you, see how we'll, are you withdrawing a bow at 77 well i shoot a crossbow okay what are you shooting I shoot an Excalibur 380 feet per second with iron wheel, a prop to iron wheel. I love, love iron wheel broadheads and I shoot 125 extra wides. Well, I got to say personally, I love Excalibur. It's simple. There's no cams. If you're traveling with your crossbow, you know, you don't have to worry about blowing a cam and your strings going. Uh, you blow a string with a Excalibur, you just pop another one back on. Nice and easy. Uh, I have the Micro 335. Great bow. Killed plenty of deal with it. Yeah, and I, because I do travel a lot, I just take out the forward um, pin, the forward nut, and I it, the whole thing just breaks down. Yep. And I have a red dot on it, and, you know, everything's breaking down fits in the gun case and it's not going to change sight. Yes. When I get in the camp, yes, I do put a couple arrows, uh, down range, but you know, I've traveled all around North America with that crossbow and I love it for exactly the same thing. Chris said, because it's simple. It's a traditional bow on a rail. Can't get any more simpler than that. And just as fast, just as deadly as any other crossbow out there. Yeah, I, you know, and there's marketing says a lot of stuff, but no wheels, no pulleys. 
I wax a string, I sight it in, and it's as accurate out to 60, 70 yards as my muzzle loader is. Yep. And there's no holdover. When that thing goes at 380 feet per second, it's there. Period. You know, um, when I first got my Excalibur, I was so anxious to take a deal with it. And um, I had a doe tag, so I didn't care what I shot with it. Uh, and I told my friend, I said, you know, I'm shooting whatever comes in front of my stand today. So just barely first light, first shooting light. A doe comes in, I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, you know, sitting there for about 15 minutes watching it. Gave me a broadside shot. I took it. Thing didn't even know it was hit. It walked about three steps and just fell over. It was, couldn't get any better. Yeah, and it does the same thing on elk. My last mm-hmm. elk was a couple of years ago, six yards, broadside. He was munching. I was perfectly you know, hidden and I had it up on my bipod and it went through him and he never, he never stopped eating. It just, it just, and all of a sudden he just drops over. My buddy goes, look at that. <laughs> it really is amazing. I, I shot a 250 pound feral hog. The thing just laid down, didn't yeah. run, just, just laid down. Yeah. Couldn't get any easier. So, you know, folks, I hope you get a sense that I've hunted throughout Colorado extensively. I've hunted from Alaska to Ungava Bay and been very successful. I fly fish from Lake Iliamna all the way to Ungava Bay. And I've done some stuff, but I'm 77 years old. And what I hutch on hunting really is about is to share with you the tips, the techniques, lessons learned, and to share my passion of sitting around a campfire with Chris Avina and some of my other buddies and just, you know, talking about why we love this sport. And that might be a good segue. Do you have a break, Chris? No, no, we're good. We're good. Um, If you had to advise the younger generation getting into hunting, What's the first thing you would tell them to do? I would tell them to stay away from their iPhone, iPad, YouTube channel, and go find a mature gentleman, somebody my age. Find them. You can find them at, you go to the pro shops, you go to a range, you go to an elk foundation banquet, a mule deer foundation banquet, you go to Ducks Unlimited banquet, you even get a banquet, you know, during the summer mm-hmm. and get to these, get to these events and say, Hey, I'd like somebody to mentor me. And when you say that you better be serious. Cause I hold the kids I mentored. Uh, I hold them accountable. Yep. You know, and if they're just, nah, 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 no, you got to be accountable. You got to do the work. If there's homework, you got to do it. If you got to practice shooting before we go to the range, you got to do it. You got to, become a student of the animal that you're pursuing. Why? Because you owe it to him. Have I made bad shots? Yes. Has Chris made bad shots? Sure. Yes. It's going to happen. But it's 
your responsibility, you're accountable to ethically take that animal. Yeah, find uh, find your stand. Set up your stands in the off-season. Sit in your stand. Watch the animals. Watch their tendencies. Watch how they come and go. Study it. It'll make it easier when the season comes around. Yeah, and there's no substitute for being in the mountains. I live in the mountains. I work for a company in New York City. So my home office in New York City, I live in Colorado. So I don't think they cared what I did during the weekend. Nope. <laughs> so I would fly home. I'd get my job, you know, all my work done on Friday. And then Friday afternoon, the kids, the wife, the dogs, they're in my truck. I had I ran Jeep Wagoneers. And we're out gallivant. And I can't tell you how many elk I saw how many deer I saw, how many sheep I saw, how many uh, mountain goats I saw, you know, just going to where they are, getting up in the high country, getting above sure. Timberline, and just sitting there and glassing, sun up, sun down, camping out with the family, or dropping down to a, to a city, getting a motel room, get up early, say, hey, who wants to go see some elk this morning? I do, I do. And then we go and do it. And I did that for years and years and years because I wanted to find out what Colorado had to offer to me. And truly coming out of New York, this is why I chose Colorado. I was very fortunate in business. The president said, where do you want to go? I said, there's only one place I want to be a manager and run a region. And I said, that's the Colorado Rockies. And you got your wish. And I've been here since 1985. <laughs> you cashed in your New Yorker card. <laughs> I did cash that sucker in. <laughs> now, you know, I'm I'm also on the board of the uh, Dallas Safari Club Northeast chapter, which runs from New York all the way up to Maine. So if you're looking to get involved in the outdoors and hunting, shoot me an email. Find me on social media. I'm very easy to find. American Outdoor News website. Um, have any questions? I'm happy to help. Come to our event. We have a, a, a banquet in March uh, in Mystic, Connecticut. Uh, it's always a, a great event. We auction hunts. We raffle off rifles, uh, hunting gear. Great place to pick up gear and and find some unbelievable hunts at discounted prices. Um, great place to be. And again, that's where if you want to learn and find out about hunting, that's a perfect place to come to. We mentioned this before, but I'm going to underscore it. Go to those type of events and to say, hey, I won here's my 25 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever. I want to become a member. Then I want to volunteer. Then I want to find out somebody that could mentor me. So if you're under 20, if, if you're under 20, great. If you're 20 to 30, great. 30 to 40, great. Because we need more hunters to help eat the wonderful organic food that the 
the animals provide. We have the best organic pantry in the world. No question about it. And you're never too young or too old to start. You know, you can be our age and get into hunting and it's rewarding. It's relaxing. It's, it's just a whole different lifestyle experience. And so we've been talking about a lot of different stuff or things, folks, but this is what Hutch and hunting. This is what I do. I can talk for days. I've written a couple of books, written a couple of articles. I've got the credibility. And if you want to be around like kind people, just join Hutch and Honey. You do that by going to www.hutchandhoney.com. Reach out to me personally at hutchandhoney at gmail.com and check me out. I'm on Instagram. I post just about every single day on Instagram, Twitter. There's a new one out. I don't know, Facebook, and then there's a new one out. I just get invited to, there's another posting thing that I get invited to. But anyway, and I'm a big believer in LinkedIn because there's millions and millions of people through groups that you can touch, not only with your business, but to meet other like-kind people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do, and I'm going to give – I'm going to raise, raise a flag here. But in this country, we just need to get with like-kind people. Don't let the narrative of media confuse you that people like Chris and I aren't here because we are. In mass. We're <laughs> – we are probably the largest army in the world, <laughs> the American hunter. Um, but we're uh, running out of time here. Bruce, thank you so much for coming on. Go to hutchonhunting.com to find out more information, become a member. It's worth your while. Uh, if you like our podcast, subscribe. You could find me on uh Facebook, Instagram, and uh, even TikTok. So (laughs) definitely uh, check us out. Subscribe. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks again. Chris, thanks so much for reconnecting and having me on your show. It's, It's an honor, sir. Always good to see you, Bruce.